0: On today's show, we debate who will get the call to the hall today and whether or not former Maple Leaf Curtis Joseph should be getting the old tap on the shoulder. All that more coming up on the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day.
1: Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leaf centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, along with my co host, Dave Morisuti. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the sports book. It's the official sports book of the Locked On Network. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And I tell you, I wish there were odds on who was going to get into the Hall of Fame because I would have been betting a couple of guys pretty rigorously over the course of the last couple of days because there are some guys who I believe should be slam dunks, and one of which we will talk about today, David. We'll, we'll have a discussion whether or not you know Curtis Joseph is a, a guy who should be getting the call to the hall. Um, as those who are unaware, today is the day that the NHL Hall of Fame, or the Hockey Hall of Fame, rather, not the NHL. It's the Hockey Hall of Fame. Will be announcing um, the class of 2023. So there's been a lot of discourse and debate as to who should get the call to the hall, and and you know we figure it's what what a better time for us to have that front talk and debate than here on the Lockdown These podcasts. So uh, you know there's some interesting first time eligible guys. There's obviously holdovers from years past and a couple of former Maple Leafs that we want to talk a little bit about today. So uh, why don't we start with just some of the the first-time eligible Hall of Famers. To me, it's not the greatest class, Dave. I think outside of one n- name, I'm not sure there's many others that really you'll be, uh, there's going to be much of an argument to, to be first-time ballot members of the Hall of Fame. You know, some of the guys, uh, Henrik Lundqvist, who to me is at the top of the list. Jay Bomeister is another guy. Corey Crawford is a player who's first-time eligible. Justin Williams, Mr. Game 7. Does that title alone get him some Hall of Fame consideration? That's one conversation that could be had. Mike Green's another one. But not really names that stick out to you as Hall of Fame worthy, maybe outside of Henrik Lundqvist, isn't it, Dave?
1: Yeah, it's like there's not one that really screams, um, you know, yeah, like this is definitely a guy who should be a lock, right? When you're looking at these first time, like um, Hall of Fame, like eligible guys, we always think about like guys who had like illustrious careers through like top to bottom. Like there's no, like their their resume is squeaky clean. You can't poke too many holes at it. I always hate the this guy didn't win a cup, so he shouldn't be in the Hockey Hall of Fame, because as you just mentioned, it's not the NHL Hall of Fame. It is the Hockey Hall of Fame and a player's resume stretches beyond the NHL in a lot of ways.
0: Right, right. I I am curious because everybody has their own criteria as to what they think goes into being a a, a, a hockey hall of Famer or a member of the hall of fame? Like, is there anything that you like to see from a player that, that you consider to be hall of fame worthy at all when you're kind of, you know, in your own mind debating if somebody should get into the hall or not?
1: Well, I mean a couple of things, right? Like I, I think of like the era that they played in, like how do they, how do they compare amongst their peers? in that same era were they among the top of their of their peers you know i, I something that always gets forgotten were, did they were they a trailblazer or did they do something historical in that time too and now that alone isn't enough but these are just things that i'm listing off here right um you know obviously accolades they had you know he might not have won a stanley cup but you may have won other trophies other awards right whether that's in the nhl outside the nhl olympic Your international career—that's another big one there. So, like, those are those are things that I look at beyond the Stanley Cup one, like because the Stanley Cup debate, in my opinion, is probably the worst one you can have, unless you're going with a guy that's won like five, six Stanley Cups, and like that makes that player the candidacy a little more legitimate than maybe other guys. But yeah, those are sort of the things I look at you know, beyond the stats beyond the, you know, beyond certain things. Like there are other things that make a player worthy of the hall of fame, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, I don't think it's all about points and cups. Obviously those are very significant things when it comes to debating if someone is hall of fame, worthy, especially more so points than it does Stanley cups. Um, but, You know, a big thing that I also believe should be in the conversation, and this is more so just the philosophy that I have about the Hall of Fame. Like, to me, I look at it as kind of the museum of hockey, right? Like, that's what it should be. And can you talk about a certain time period of the sport without acknowledging this player? You know, like, did he make a name for himself as one of the top players in a couple-year span? And, And to me, if you were able to do that, then I think you should be considered a hall of fame worthy player because you deserve to be remembered by the sport. Um, and and you couldn't write the record books. You couldn't write about the sport in that time without acknowledging player X as one of the top guys at his game at the time. Um, like that's one of the other things that I also do certainly look at um, and, and you know, there's there's a lot of guys that I think are certainly worthy of being in the Hall of Fame that are not in the Hall. Like, we talked about the first-time eligible guys and it not being a very strong class. Last year was a very strong class, so there wasn't a lot of the holdovers that got to get in. Like, you had the Sadines end up getting in, and was Daniel Alfredson also a first-time ballot guy last year?
1: Or maybe so. Luongo.
0: Luongo might have been the first-time ballot guy last season, but... There was a couple of guys who certainly um, it was a strong first ballot class. And you thought to yourself, it's going to be tough for some of those other guys who've been waiting and waiting and waiting to hear their names. I think this year is going to be different. I think at maybe Henrik Lundqvist ends up getting the call to the hall as a first time ballot guy. I don't see any of those others doing it, but then you look at some of the other names that have been holdovers for so many years. You think about Henrik Zetterberg, who's who was a terrific player, Back through the 2000s is tough to talk about. You know the 2000s without talking about the Detroit Red Wings, headlined by you know Pavel Dotsuk and Hendrik Zetterberg. So he's somebody who I think for sure should be considered um, as one of the guys in, in the next couple of years here in the Hall of Fame. Keith Kachuk is always a name that comes up every year as one of the biggest snubs. At some point, you got to think he gets in there. Rod Brindamore is another name, but there's two other names who've been holdovers for the last couple of years that have not gotten the call to the hall that you and I are going to discuss here on today's show. And it's two guys who, you know, played for the Maple Leafs for, uh, for a, a good stretch of time. Um, and those two players are Curtis Joseph and Alexander McGilney, two guys who I believe should get the call to the hall later on today. On the other side, let's make our case for both of these guys, Curtis Joseph and McGillney, as to why both of them deserve to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. So we'll do that uh, in just a moment. Before we get into it, though, let me tell you guys about one of today's show sponsors. It's our good friends over at FanDuel. Uh, Baseball season is in full swing. There's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on today to join. They even got some NHL draft odds up where you can bet who's going to go second, third, fourth overall in the NHL draft. So don't miss your chance to snag a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars when you join FanDuel today. Go to FanDuel.com/slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel official partner of the Locked On Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast, a daily Maple Leaf centric podcast. You can find it. Wherever you find your pods at, also up on YouTube, we have new shows coming out each and every weekday, Monday through Friday, all throughout the off season. So make sure that you are uh, locked into what we're saying, what we're doing here on Locked On Leafs to know the latest in Leafs Nation. And the latest today is, you know, a former Maple Leaf in Curtis Joseph, and also we can throw Alex McGillney into the fold as those are two guys that I think uh, should be. Hall of Fame bound by end of day, and you and I, Dave, are going to kind of make the case for each of them. Shall we start with Curtis Joseph? Cujo, if you will.
1: Yeah, might as well. I, I will say I brought I brought back the Cujo jersey just for this podcast.
0: See that? It, the one that fits like a 10-year-old Dave Morsuti, not the current Dave Morsuti. Yeah, that
1: that was a six-year-old Dave Morasuti's first ever NHL jersey. So yeah. (laughs) Hey man,
0: that would have been that would have been Dave Morisuti. That would have been what the the cup runner, the the, when they went to the Eastern Conference final that year, his final season in Toronto, it was. But yeah, man, I I was a big time Cujo fan too. That Cujo's was like the first player that I became a fan of. So I have a special attachment to Curtis Joseph as well. So, you know, is that slight bias for why I think he should get into hall of fame? Maybe, but I think we could make a better, more compelling argument. I'll let you start with some of the, the notes that you've compiled here about Cujo.
1: I mean, look like Curtis Joseph, when people bring up his stats and where he kind of sat alongside other goalies of his era, he had some, he probably had the, arguably the toughest era of goaltenders to go up against. Dominic Hasek, no doubt. I think probably one of the more dominant goaltenders of all time. Number one goalie all time. Number one goalie of all time. Like, pure dominance. Like, you look back at his numbers, especially his days in Buffalo and, like, Chicago, it's, it's ridiculous. It's just stupid. Patrick Waugh. Patrick Waugh, all-time lead, uh, win, like, him for the longest time. Nobody thought he, we would ever see anyone catch Patrick Waugh with the with the wins. Obviously, that Martin Brodeur came along and did that. Uh, even uh, Felix, uh, Ed Belfour, the guy who ended up replacing Curtis Joseph in Toronto, like that's that era of goaltender. I don't think we would ever we'll ever have an era like that ever again. And the fact that Cujo was able to stand amongst that group, got himself into the Vesna Trophy candidate, uh, into that conversation. Was it five times he was a finalist among the finalists? Yeah, he,
0: he never won the award, which some people look at and say, hey, maybe that's a slap in the face to, to Cujo, and maybe that's a reason, like, oh, if he's never won the Vesna, how could he possibly be a Hall of Famer? Well, Dave just mentioned the crop of goaltenders that he was going up against every year, so he never won the award, but five times was a top-five guy in the conversation for the Vesna. So that just shows, you know, the consistency in which Curtis Joseph was considered a, a top five goaltender in the NHL year in and year out.
1: I think I think um, Dominic Hasek won the Vesna Trophy. Just doing my math here. I think he won it six times in eight years. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah no that, many, <laughs> that many times. I'm no, sorry. We're going to have a hard time winning it. <laughs>
0: You throw Belfour in there, you throw Brodeur in there, you throw Patrick Wah in there. Like, there's just just one guy has a, an incredible season, and you know y- you don't end up winning it. It's like like Mark Andre Fleury. He never won a Vesna. Uh, did he end up winning a couple of years ago that one season in Vegas? Did he end up winning that year, or, did, or was he runner up? I can't even remember right now. But he's in the same situation that Cujo was in, where it's like you look at his his career, and it's like wow, this is amazing. And then it's like, oh, he's never won a Vesna. although he may have won a couple of years ago. He did, he, win, win.
1: he did win it in his.
0: Vegas. His,
1: yeah, he, I think it was his last season in Vegas. Yeah.
0: So up until on. then, his, you know, Hall of Fame resume was always vacant of a uh, Vesna. He didn't end up winning it. Cujo never won. But man. The the guy was just unbelievable. You look at the all-time list right now, he's seventh in wins with four hundred and fifty-four wins. Seventh all time. Um, you know, it was it was quite outstanding. You look at 133 games in the playoffs, had 63 wins. Would you say that's the most wins of any goaltender who, who did not win a Stanley Cup in NHL history? So, yeah. and 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 the reason why I think Stanley Cups is and is not necessarily indicative of what should go into you know whether or not someone is Hall of Fame worthy is because realistically, Stanley Cups is such a a team stat, right? Just means that you're on a stacked team. Ultimately, might be a little different for goalies because if you are good enough a la Bobrovsky this year. You can lead your team to a potential Stanley Cup, but um, unfortunately, Cujo was was never able to get the, the big one. Here's a stat that I thought was kind of wild, and I don't know if, if anybody uh, are big fans of the point share stat that Hockey Reference has, but it's essentially like the NHL's version of war, wins above replacement, and goalie point shares is you know how many points... The team gets in relation to what the goalie um earns them essentially. So it's a goalie point share as a statistic. He's top ten all time in goalie point shares. Would you like to know two uh current Hall of Famers that he's ahead of in this category? I'm trying to
1: th- is Broder one of them.
0: No, it's Ed Belfour and Dominic hashek He's oh, ahead man. of Ed Belfour and Dominic Hashick in goalie point shares. I mean to me, I think it's 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 almost a no brainer that Cujo deserves to get in. Um, I know that uh, that Paul Paduti has been banging the banging the drum for this guy, banging on the table for this guy for a couple of years now uh, at Adjusted Hockey on Twitter. If you're curious, he wrote a great piece about it on the Daily Faceoff as well. Um, but he even was uncovering some wild stats where from the years of 1991 to 1994. He was the best goaltender in the NHL from those years, despite not winning a Vesna. Statistically, um, nobody had more goals saved above expected than Curtis Joseph in in those years. It was it was it, it was incredible um, that he and he was never able to win a Vesna, but just the best goalie in the world. And like I said, is one of my criteria is: were you one of the best at your position? in a stretch of seasons. And for Cujo, that was from 1991 to 1994 in St. Louis. And for that reason, I I think that you take all of what we talked about, you put that all together, it's a pretty good case for him to be considered uh, a Hall of Famer. And hopefully he gets the call to the Hall later today.
1: And you got to think of the teams he played on too, right? Like He played for the St. Louis Blues who weren't among the top, You know, the top teams in the NHL at that point, Um, even when he was in Toronto, right, when he went through those cup runs, Toronto didn't have the roster that, you know, Detroit had Colorado like like there were some very, really tough competition that Cujo had to go through to even get his teams as far as they did. And I I watch I'm I'm probably someone who has a very very vivid memory of watching Curtis Joseph in those playoff runs versus Toronto, the the multiple overtime uh, games, the uh, the just the, the the sheer consistency of his play, right? And I obviously it still bothers me that they could not find a way to beat the Hurricanes because I thought that year that they lost to the Hurricanes was probably one of their best chances. Of that just like another
0: that. reason that's <laughs> another reason why o dog I I uh, uh, you always shake your head at the o dog eh for uh
1: for that with the Canadians. Yeah, we're have to have just just ripping my heart out as a child nah, him I and Jeremy wrong yeah I grew to
0: love the o dog I grew to love him um but you're right that was uh you know, that was the closest that Curtis Joseph ever came to winning a Stanley Cup was, you know, with the Maple Leafs that year. They should have beat Carolina. They were supposed to beat Carolina. Would they have beat Detroit? Probably not. They're a buzzsaw. to me. That Detroit team that year in 0102, yes. best hockey team ever assembled in my opinion. A um, team that
1: could never ever be assembled in the modern NHL.
0: No, no. the 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 salary cap will never allow a team to be that good ever again. Um, but still. You know, it's it it's been an incredibly it was an incredibly impressive resume for uh, for Curtis Joseph and hey he also had that uh, that second tour of duty with Toronto really late in his career as well which was kind of kind of fun to see happen in the late 2000s ended up playing 21 games they weren't spectacular we'll say that they were not very good uh, when he came back but it was still kind of fun to see him come back and and finish his career as a Toronto Maple Leaf and. You know, hopefully it'll be interesting when he goes into the Hall of Fame, uh, if he goes in as a Maple Leaf for, you know, what he decides to, I guess, associate himself with, because mm-hmm. he didn't spend most of his time in Toronto. I guess he spent most of his career in St. Louis. He spent uh, the most seasons with yes. them, I would say. But for some reason, I, I feel like, you know, Keswick, Ontario native, he came to Toronto. He's
1: still doing alumni work with the Leafs. Like, yeah. everyone everyone knows Curtis Joseph as a Leaf.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe we're a little biased because we're from Toronto. Like, we're, we're in the area and we grew up sure. Leaf fans watching him. But I I know that Cujo loves being a, a former Maple Leaf. Like, I've had the pleasure of being able to speak with him on, on Leafs lunch before and uh he he loves that he's a former goaltender in the end. Remember that there was that one game this year where there was the thought that he was yeah. like the e-bug or something. Could yeah. you imagine if he uh, would have played in that game, would that have reset his hall of fame clock though?
1: I, I don't know if it changes when you're an emergency goaltender. Like, I don't know yeah. if it, your eligibility changes, but if that ever, ha- if that did happen, like my heart, would not like my just <laughs> like i would have had a tear in my eye see that, that would have been hilarious if
0: if oh. that did happen he he was not the e-bug It yeah, was, was rewarded but that was not uh that was not true but, i
1: really do wonder if there's a rule against a former player being able to suit back up i, yeah, I want to
0: i don't know it's i used to always uh joke with noodles a couple of times jamie mclennan and said hey man you might get the call at some point and he always says yeah well I still have uh, a suspension that I have to (laughs) – he got suspended in his last game. I can't remember how many games, like maybe two games or something like that. He got a suspension, and then he just like retired and never ended up serving the suspension. So I think even if you want to be an e-bug, he'd have to serve a a two-game suspension (laughs) before doing that. But, um, yeah, Kujo, I think that certainly he's a guy who hopefully gets the call to the hall later today. Um, On the other side, we'll take one more quick break. Let's make the case for the other former Maple Leaf uh, in Alexander McGilney. So we'll chat about him and whether or not he should be Hall of Fame bound later today. We'll do that on the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. You're listening to the Locked On Lease Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano, got Dave Morissuti. With me today and uh, just a reminder that this is a daily Maple Leaf Centered podcast. You can find us wherever you find your podcasts at also on YouTube. We please ask that uh, you hit subscribe. Leave a little comment down below. Do you think Cujo and McGill deserve to be Hall of Famers? Let us know your thoughts below and who else you think should be Hall of Fame worthy uh, by the end of the day. Anyone who uh, should get the call to the Hall. Look, give us your list of names down below. Uh, let's talk about Alex McGilney and his odds at uh, being a Hall of Famer by end of day. What uh, what do you think goes to support the case for Alex McGillney, Dave?
1: I mean, um, when I talked to my criteria earlier, like I said, historical aspect of like his career. He he was in a lot of ways a trailblazer. Um, yes, I understand he wasn't the first rush, technically the first Russian player. To come over to can uh, to the NHL, there was uh, that happened a little bit before him. But he said a trend where there were many players who, even even though a Russian player did play in the NHL, many still didn't want to defect full time. Some had gone, had come back. He was one of the first to defect and stay, right? So it was McGillney, and I think Fedorov came not too long after him. They were actually teammates at the time. So that alone. You know bringing in this wave of Russian players who let's face it, like they changed the game in a lot of ways. The guys who did come over for Russia, like, would we have eventually seen Alexander Ovechkin, Malkin, and
0: Malkin, Malkin defected as an 18 year old kid? Yeah,
1: like, how many guys would we have, like, yeah, I always remember that Ovechkin didn't come over right away when he got drafted, right? Like, there's so many players that you and I think a lockout uh, also has something to do with. I think it was the lockout Yeah, you know, yeah, it was... got drafted. Then the lockout happened. Yeah. um, But like, it, it, it's something that we don't truly understand the, the historical impact that had because yeah, this guy came over from Russia. What's the big deal? It was a big deal. The way that they had to do it too. Like Fedorov got a seat. I don't know if you ever heard the, the, how Fedorov got here. He got a secret letter from a, from a reporter in Detroit. The, uh, The Red Wings said, can you give Fedorov this letter? Like, sneak it to him in Finland? And he managed to do that. And then when the Soviet team was here, he found a way to sneak away and then get moved to Detroit. Like, like it's crazy what these guys had to do to realize this dream of playing in the NHL. So that's the first one there for me. Obviously, the 76 goals he scored, like, yes, not as much as what Gretzky, Lemieux, or even Brett Hall, but he's right there. In terms of greatest goal-scoring seasons. And he did that in 77 games. Because everyone's talking about that year was the one that Solani did as a rookie. But he did in 84 games.
0: Yeah.
1: Solani's in the Hall of Fame. We, and he obviously is deserving of that. But McGilney, I think, was among the one of the top Russian players of his era when he first joined the NHL. Finished fourth all-time in Russian scoring in the NHL, too. And he hasn't and he didn't play a whole lot. And he had injuries along the way too.
0: Yeah, I, I think that there's no doubt in my mind that at some point this guy's gotta get in. I mean, he's had such a, a heavily decorated career. I'm trying to see where he ranks among goals all time in the NHL. I would imagine that it's pretty high, um, just based on you know the amount of goals that he scored throughout his career. Like four hundred and and 73 goals throughout his career nearly 500 goals like there's not a lot of guys who played in the nhl who reached that numbers so i'm just quickly seeing if i could pull this up and find the uh the numbers here for for him and where he's at uh 473 55 so he's 55th uh in terms of goals scored in the nhl and above him a lot of guys who are currently in the NHL Hall of Fame. A lot of guys below him also in the NHL or in the Hockey Hall of Fame, rather. Um, So I think certainly someone who scores that many goals should have his name called and should be uh, should be in the Hall of Fame. Did you want to 19th, say something?
1: 19th in goals per game among all NHLers. 19th in goals per game. There more, you go. And he had more than I'm just looking at the list here. More than Pat Lafontaine, Joe Sakic, Luke Robitaille, Joe McGinley, Paul Korea, Joe Newendyke, Matt Sundin, Brendan Shanahan, Theo Fleury, Guy Lafleur. Like, like when I talk, like overall points can be a very deceiving stat when you look at what a guy' is production is like throughout his career. Even points he had. A better points per game than Sundin, Lafontaine, Lafleur, Saint Louis, Peter Stastny, uh, Alfredson, Dale Howard, Braun Francis, and those. There you know. go. <laughs> like there's there's re- there's reasons like you got. Like, I just don't know what more do we have. Like do people need to realize with, with Gilney that he needs to get in there? I actually have yeah. more reasons too. That's a, that's the funny part. Is I have more reasons I could share. Uh, go ahead, go on, right. King. All right, 2015, Fedorov was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and they asked him about Alexander McGilney, fellow countryman. He deserves that honor. Alex was faster than all of us, and Alex was a machine. He was built like a machine. Plus, on top of all the crazy skill he had, he's better than all of us. He's amazing. And he was the first Russian player to be named a captain in the NHL.
0: That's true. He was captain with uh, the Sabres. Yeah, with Buffalo. That's true. He was. I forgot about that. He was like a fifth fifth round pick, too. Of the he,
1: was, he was 89th overall. And what that's a why pick. he chose the number 89.
0: What a pick. What a pick by the Sabers back in the day to get Alex McGill. And he, he turned out a hell of a career, man. I mean, he did win a Stanley Cup. He does have a Stanley Cup on his resume, too. Won it with the Devils back in 2000. Four-time All-Star. He won a Lady Bing uh, Award twice was he a second team all right winger he's got an olympic gold medal part of the triple gold club won an yep. olympic medal a gold medal a world junior gold medal and a world championship gold medal uh, to go along with a stanley cup as well there's only a short list of of guys who are on that list so yeah there's there's a a long list of reasons as to why alex mcgillney not only deserves to be in the NHL, but should have already gotten the call to the Hall. I feel like it's it's been about four years in a row where you know after the list of names get announced and everybody says, "Oh, this guy was snubbed, that guy was snubbed." McGillney's always at the top of the list of yeah. snubs. So at some point, I think this is finally the year where again the first timers, not necessarily a strong group this is when you can get some of those snubs into the fold here. I think Alex McGillney should be up at the top, at the top of that list of guys who deserve to be in the hall of fame, who currently are on the outside looking in. So yeah, you, you don't got to twist my arm to make that argument, Dave, do you have any more thoughts, a closing argument, if you will, about Alex McGillney?
1: I mean, I've, if you're comparing him with his peers that are in the already in the hall of fame, I, I don't know how you don't you don't look at what McGilney did throughout his career. I, I guess he just didn't have the fame that a lot of the other guys did. And, and again, that that to me speaks too much of it being a popularity vote than it is of getting the good the the hall of fame worthy players yeah. in, in the hockey hall of fame. So that's that's gonna be my final argument there. Yep. So We'll see, man. We'll see later
0: today. They make the decision. Will Curtis Joseph and Alex McGillney get the call to the Hall? We shall find out. Um, do you have any prediction as to the guys who you think who are eligible, who uh, who get the call? There's usually what about five NHLers. There's a female, and then like a builders category, coaching category. I mean, it, it sounds as though Caroline. Uh, Carolyn Willette is is pretty much a slam dunk almost to to get it in the women's category. I mean, four-time Olympic gold medalist through 20 years. Megan of,
1: Duggan is another one that I should she's be able.
0: number one potentially who who could, but Willette, like point per game player, and at the Olympics and at the World Hockey Championships over the course of her 20-year career. So I think she's got uh, she's got a bit of an edge. I, I would think. Maybe I'm wrong, but she's a name who for sure I think. Uh, could potentially get into the Hall of Fame later today. If I had to guess, you know, uh, we've made our case for Cujo. We've made our case for for, for McGillney. I think that there's a strong case that Henrik Lundqvist could get in there as one of the, yeah. the first-time ballot winners, uh, and potentially he could get there. He's among, you know, some of the best uh, in the NHL over the course of the last few seasons. He has more wins than Curtis Joseph. He's right ahead of him. Cujo, seventh in the all-time win list. Lundqvist sixth on the all-time win list no cup no cup but again the uh the the beacon of consistency definitely should get him a call to the hall Keith Kachuk is a name who consistently comes up as one of the bigger snubs this might be the year to get Keith Kachuk into the hall and maybe even a little Rod the Bot maybe you can get Rod the Bot into the Stanley yeah. into the Hockey Hall of Fame as well, he's someone who deserves an opportunity. Sergey Gonchar, Jeremy Roenick. I mean, do you got uh, anyone who you feel strongly of that list who should uh, should potentially get the call to the hall today, besides, obviously, McGillney and Cujo, who we talked about?
1: Lunkfist is someone I think that should get in. I think just among of, like, if he's talking about first ballot guys, uh, I think Henrik Zetterberg is another one that maybe should get yep. some recognition too. Uh, yeah I, I thought just you know he was also on the triple club, won a consmite Stanley Cup. He, I mean the fact that he was what sixth or seventh round pick by Detroit too. yeah uh, in those days, like I think uh i I, I would like to see uh, Zetterberg get in too.
0: yeah, he would definitely be somebody who would be very worthy of the honor if he got uh, if he got that phone call later today. Um, well, we were going to talk a little bit about, you know, what current Toronto Maple Leafs maybe are en route to a Hall of Fame career, but why don't we push that conversation to tomorrow and we could also discuss, uh, you know, who did get the call, who is in there, and then maybe, uh, we can start the new snub list for, uh, for next season. Cause not all these guys we just talked about are going to get the call only four or five of them end up getting into the hall of fame every year. So somebody is going to have a problem with some of these guys and, and we'll chat about some of the snubs tomorrow and maybe take a look at some of the current Maple Leafs and see if anyone is having uh, is pacing themselves to have a hall of fame career. So we'll do that on tomorrow's show. That'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown On Lease podcast on all podcasts and platforms. Also up on YouTube, you'll receive daily Leafs content Monday through Friday. You can follow us on Twitter, at Mickey underscore Canuck is me. At D underscore Morissuti is Dave. Follow the show as well, at Lockdown On Lease. Go ahead, leave a like on the video. Subscribe. Leave a comment down below. Who do you think? He's going to get the call to the hall later today. Uh, We'll be back with another episode for y'all tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.